Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Yes, Esther McCarthy, Dean McGuinness and Fanula Jones join us now for Movies and Booze. Esther, Dean, Fanula, how are we all today? Hi, hey, guys. Hi. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Very well. You're out there, Esther? I am indeed. Waving. Good. I'm waving down the radio with you. I still have that vision from the conversation a few weeks back of the pink tunnel thing <laughs> that you said. Did you go ahead and get that made? What was it? Just a vagina that's room? That's the one, yeah. It? The that's, vagina that's room. The one. Yes. <laughs> who was the celebrity who had one again? I can't remember. Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne, yes. that's right. I was channeling Cara. I wasn't, I wasn't purely being bold. Well, that's the vision I have of you and where you're coming Forever from. More. In my head. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what can I say? <laughs> uh, what, what films have you got for us this week? Um, two biggies this week, actually. Um, the always welcome return of uh, ben- Benedict Cumberbatch, I think, in The Courier. Uh, this is a fascinating true story, actually, um, set in the early 1960s about how this uh, English businessman kind of unwittingly got drawn into one of the most um, dangerous spy missions in, in English Russian history, uh, with implications even for the Cuban Missile Crisis. So it's a really interesting one. This uh, Cumberbatch is the lead, but our own Jesse Buckley is uh, starring in this one as well. Jesse, who doesn't put a foot wrong in anything she does. I'm just a huge fan of her, hers and how she's mixing it up in the last few years. She's just um, one of our best stars out there right now, I think. And that's and based have, on a true story, is it? That's based on a true story. Yeah, <gasps> it's um, really interesting. I know you're mad into your, your, your true history stuff, so it's a really interesting story. And it's one I hadn't known about before. Um, basically, um, Great. this Russian, uh, high-ranking military Russian guy um, was so uh, disgusted with what his own country was doing that he came to the Brits and offered to share intel with them to stop the world um, from going into nuclear war, basically. So it's a, it's a really interesting story. Great. And then we have um, Free Guy with the very charismatic Ryan Reynolds in the lead role. If you're into your gaming, you're going to absolutely love this, right? So I suppose if you say, say it's a mix between The Truman Show and Ready Player One, and you're about halfway there. Right. So it's set in a world that is actually a video game, but the, most of the characters in the video game don't know they're not in the real world. So Ryan Reynolds is Guy, and his day involves, you know, interesting video game things. It's it's a standard day for him, like getting hit by, by trains and buses and, you know, heists happening every day in the bank um, that he's in. This doesn't seem strange to him. This seems like he's real world. Um, and, you know, a glitch happens and everything changes. And a guy decides he wants to be self-determining. He doesn't want to be just a video game character who's programmed anymore. So right. it's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. Look forward to that. Uh, we'll be reviewing them and drinking beer at the same time. So y- you're going down an IPA road today. Yeah, we've got uh, specifically it's New England IPA. So it's a style of IPA that has just emerged in the last 14 years. And uh, what it is, is where normally IPA can be quite bitter. On New England IPAs, they dial back the bitterness, put a huge amount of juiciness into it. So you get stone fruit, tropical fruit flavours. And uh, then they're characterised by being incredibly hazy. um, Because when they uh, late hop the beer, they get a lot of haze from the the hops that are added to the beer. Right. Yeah, delicious beers. So you can't see through them. 
Can't see through them now. Uh, Popples uh, from Sweden, Popples New England IPA, and uh, De Molen's Water and Vur, which is uh, water and fire in Flemish. Great. And you, you, I do know there's a small book arrived with this about the history of oats. I've been reading and I can't wait to ask you questions. But I do think listeners may have some questions for you. So 53106 for beer related questions. And um, Fanula, I have to ask you about Florence Pugh. She was the girl from uh, Little Women, wasn't she? She was Oscar nominated. Yes, and most recently in uh, Black Widow, I think. She was kind of uh, stirring up a bit of a scene, kind of stealing the show from Scarlett Johansson. Um, she's in Ireland. She's currently filming a, a psychological thriller for Netflix. Netflix called The Wonder. She was sharing lots of photos and videos on her Instagram, complimenting the Guinness and the greenery and everything else. But for anyone who's interested in what The Wonder is, I kind of wasn't interested when I heard this because it's like a period drama, but like a period drama not as we know it. So it's directed by a guy called uh, Sebastian Lelio. He did A Fantastic Woman. And it's actually an adaptation of Emma Donoghue's novel of the same name. She did Room as well. But it's basically like set in the Midlands in 1862 and it follows this young girl who stops eating and miraculously stays alive and well and becomes this kind of miracle within the town. Uh, This nurse is sent to the village to kind of observe the child and figure out what's going on. As I said, they all think she's some miracle and they start worshipping her. But obviously all is not uh, as it seems. So... Sounds kind of interesting, like turn the concept kind of turned on its head. So yeah. and she's very good, obviously, as you said, like Oscar nominated. Like she's this could be very, very good, I think. So Kieran Hines as well makes up the cast, uh, as well as a few others. So one to watch out for in twenty twenty two. set in the Irish Midlands yeah. as well. Because yeah. normally in a period drama it's set somewhere in England. This is it, yeah. She's like an English I think this is the role yeah. the Pew has, but she comes over from England to like right. look at the child and figure out what the hell is going on and but how she's still alive. I just think when you set that in Ireland and if you put it in eighteen sixty two, so it's only fifteen years after the famine. Yeah. So that's a very interesting place yeah. to set anything, isn't it? Yeah, one to watch out for. But are so. we going to be watching out for her as well? Is she going to be cropping up everywhere now? I think so, yeah. She's just like, she's just a tour de force, I think, in anything she's in. she's She can do kind of anything. Like, she's very comedic in Black Widow, but also has done like the serious roles, like Midsummer. We've already mentioned Little Women. I'm obsessed with her. I'm right. fangirling her. But will we see her in places, you know, she'd tro- show up in Grafton Street or the Fort I mean, foot kind like, of you think of the likes of the people that were here for Disenchanted, like, she's probably going to be taking photos of Tato Park and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're going to be like, oh my God, the Americans are here. We love them. So she'll be climbing mountains and everything and Instagramming them, I would say. So definitely follow her and see if right. you can spot where she is. Yeah, because there was rumours of Jedward swimming in the 40 foot the other day. Did no you know way. that? I yes, didn't know that. Yes, yes, yes. I'm telling you, my, my own family came back and told me this news. Can you imagine the the, the, the palaver? If you just them. see the quips, like yeah, under, floating from under the water, like yeah. So here we go now. <laughs> so, um, right, so Dean, we're going to head over towards our first beer now. Okay. But do you want to give a potted history of the IPA? Because <laughs> 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 you you've had it's... to read it, so other people will have to hear it as well. <laughs> I could hear it in your voice. Yeah. Tom. we'll give the short version of it. Yeah, the IPA style it uh, emerged in the 1800s, and styles kind of evolved rather than are created so um, it would have started out George Hodgson Hodgson in the Beau Brewery um, would have brewed pale, pale beers made them very hoppy sent them to India and they got very popular and then the style kind of grew out of that now with it's as simple people. as that this man invented it it went to India it was one of the colonies at the time they loved it they said what, what's this beer your man invented it's and suddenly we have Indian pale ale Indian pale ale that's simple it. as that yep um, and then it Class, got complicated <laughs> <laughs> so that it is very much the it's the the largest and most popular of the beer styles in the craft beer world. So what has happened is it has sub 
divided into a, a whole pile of substyles. So you have black IPA, red IPA, brown IPA, white IPA, session IPA, double IPA, triple IPA, various different ones. And we and thought wine was complicated. Uh, tell me about it. Yeah, I, and I have to, to for every one that there is, I need to taste multiple versions of it to understand them properly. Um, so New England IPA emerged uh, in uh, Vermont, uh, the Alchemist Brewery, uh, John Kimmage there. And what he was doing was he was looking at the IPA styles. So it's uh, similar strength, which is usually around kind of uh, uh, 6 to 6 to 7% ABV um, for the ABV. And uh, classic IPA would be pale in colour. Um, but th- at the centre of all IPAs is the use of lots of hops. Hops are, are a relative of the cannabis plant. Um, they don't have any uh, hallucinogenic or medicinal qualities, but they um, belong to the same family and they have wonderful substances in them that give flavour. Uh, two key flavours that you get out of hops in beer are bitterness, which you pick up at the back of your tongue and which provides balance. And then there's an array of flavours that you can get from essential oils and hops. So with New England IPAs, they focus on uh, stone fruit flavours, which are peach, apricot, um, plums, those type of flavours, and also tropical flavours, so anything like pineapple, guava, mango, uh, lychee, those types of flavours. Uh, the bitterness is dialed back. And uh, sometimes you get a little bit of spiciness from the the fermentation or from the hops and you get a huge, juicy explosion of flavour in the beer balanced out with enough bitterness, but uh, generally uh, very, very unassertive bitterness for an IPA. Um, I've had a taste. It's really beautiful. Did you, have you I tried really like it? it. Yeah, it's gorgeous, I'm, I'm it? not usually an IPA person because of that bitterness. But yeah, you just immediately get that like quenchy, juicy taste in your mouth. It's really, really nice. It's, yeah, if if you find IPAs challenging, um, with flavours, there are five flavours that we pick up in our tongue. Most people like sweetness. And the reason why people like sweetness is we're genetically programmed to like sweetness. When you taste sweetness, you know that it's a source of calories and that it's nutrition for you. Um, same with savoury, which is another flavour that you pick up in your tongue. Uh, bitterness and sourness are warning flavours. Uh, with bitterness, it's a warning that you could be um, having okay. something that's poisonous. Sour, you could be having something that is spoiled uh, and IPAs are particularly bitter because they're quite rich in flavour and that bitterness balances it out so some people who don't like bitterness they can have a bit of an aversion to IPAs these dial back the bitterness they so really do the, the, the fruit flavour when you mention all those fruit flavours that are present how, how are they present how, how does it get those fruit flavours in there three different ways first of all uh, it's brewed as an ale and uh, the process that's happening in brewing is similar to the process that's happening when fruit is growing. So you've got, uh, in fruit, you've got something that's growing, and during that process, different uh, compounds yeah. are, are developed. In the case of beer, what you've got is you've got sugar, and you've got a live organism, yeast, which is um, converting that sugar into alcohol, carbon dioxide, and then a byproduct is various different um, uh, flavours. And in the case of ale, uh, often the flavours can be fruity. Also with hops. Uh, they're essential oils and those essential oils d- dissolve into the beer and sometimes they're also biotransformed right. by the yeast into different So flavors. they're not actually putting fruit into it but it, it's generating the same whatever causes those those flavors in the fruits it's causing the same thing in the beer it's yeah it's, it's from the hops right. and from the from the fermentation yeah it's okay. uh, similar flavors coming through yeah mystery salt and there are some people who can detect all those flavors <laughs> <laughs> we do training i i, I now um, pre covid so it's about 2 years ago i i uh, took a trip with my wife to chicago and we did 5 days of flavor training uh, going through about 60 different flavors um in beer so we spiked uh, beers with flavors and then learned 
learn to identify themselves. Nine o'clock in the morning to uh, five every day for five days, going through about 50 samples uh, across that time. It's hard work. Homer Simpson dream job. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, well, I, 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 I have donated, I, I've uh, sacrificed my liver for this show. <laughs> have to do what you have to do, you know what I mean? Oh, if they're looking for volunteers, um, I have to say that the, the hashtag today is brilliant. It's lackadaisical uh, movies. Um, honey, I did Sweet F.A. with the kids. <laughs> the Grapes of Sloth. Gr- Cinder's Listless. My Lazy Lax Girlfriend. Idle Woman. I couldn't care less what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> so I married a lax murderer. Met in black. Guess nobody's body coming to dinner. <laughs> I'll give it a few more. Harry Potter and the Half-Hearted Prince. Ferris Bueller's Daydream. Sleepless and Sleepy in Seattle. The Curious Cage of Benjamin's Snooze Button. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. Aimless in Seattle. Dittering Heights. <laughs> <laughs> and La La Language they're all absolutely excellent <laughs> so keep them coming I think we have to take a break at that point and we'll be back with our first movie after this put these on okay fine oh my god what are these trick glasses or something guy there is no easy way to say this this world it's a video game you're not real please that my oh the guy responsible for this world is going to destroy it. You've met God? Yes, he's an absolute troll. Trolls exist. Buddy, if we're not real, doesn't that mean that nothing you do matters? I am sitting here with my best friend trying to help him get through a tough time. Now, if that's not real, I don't know what is. I know this world is just a game, but this place, these people, that's all I have. So I'm not going to be the good guy. Thanks, guy. I'm going to be the great guy. Well, enjoy your lifetime supply of virginity. Off you go. Ooh, very cutting. That is uh, Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds there in cinemas now. And Esther, what do you make of this? It's good. I didn't love it as much as some reviewers did, but there is a lot to recommend this, I have to say. First of all, it's a movie that's coming out in the summer. It's not a sequel. It's not a remake. (laughs) You know, there's that to enjoy about it first. It's a totally original idea. And it's quite a high concept one, actually, maybe a little more than it needed to be. Um, So what it is, is you're introduced to Reynolds. He's Ryan Reynolds is perfectly cast here as Guy because he has that archness and that playfulness that this character really needs because you need it to be kind of super hyper real even though it's fake if that makes sense and you know perfect piece of casting as as Jim Carrey was in the Truman show I think which I was thinking about a lot as I watched this um so he's this likable kind of bank teller who goes about his day in a place called Free City um it's you know not odd to him that his day involves the bank being robbed every day shootouts car crashes uh, and killer trains. He doesn't know anything different, basically. And he doesn't feel any shock or pain when these um, incidents happen. They're just part of his every routine. And un- unbeknownst to him and his friends, I suppose, the reason for that is that Guy is what's known as an NPC. He's a non-playable character um, who inhabits the background and is never involved in the game. So he's not real. Every thing he thinks is his own decision in life is actually pre-programmed um, and the characters he briefly interacts with are actually 
gamers who are playing in their sitting rooms and, you know, they don't even realise he exists pretty much. He's just a background player. He's an extra, an extra in a video game, we'd call him. It's um, ringing a lot of chords, Mick. Carry on. <laughs> so there was a moment, though, and I'm not going to give away too much now here because there's a lot of um, ideas, especially in the second hour of the film. There's a lot of interesting things that happen. Uh, but there's a moment in the film where it's an, a, a kind of a glitch means he briefly puts on these sunglasses that he's never worn before and sees his world through the eyes of outsiders. So he can see all the gaming stuff, basically, that people see on their screens when they're playing. And his mind is obviously blown. Uh, He knows something is off, but he doesn't, he's not even even equipped to understand what that is. Uh, But he starts to sort of start exercising free will. Some of that, of course, as always, is caused by love. Um, he develops a crush on this fellow fellow character who's Molotov girl, who's played by um, Jodie Comer, who's going to be just oh. like Frances Pugh. Um, you're suddenly going to see her everywhere. Yeah, uh, she was great in Killing Eve, of course, and she Brilliant. she'll also be in um, the Last Jewel, which was shot here. She's co-starring there with Matt uh, Bag of Cans Damon. <laughs> Um, who was in lockdown here, of course, when the uh, when it was postponed. Uh, so she, you know, she's got two huge films coming out this year. I can see why she's really appealing here, both as the game character and the real life character at home. I'm not going to go into plotting too much more, though, um, Tom, because okay. you know, there's a lot of surprises in, in how it all pans out. I suppose there is a baddie, though. The baddie is played by Ta- Taka Watiti. He's this game magnet, um, very over the top performance from Taka, maybe too over the top, uh, okay. a little, even though I'm a huge fan. But he's this character, Antoine, who is this businessman who's kind of very one dimensional, driven by corruption and greed. And he's not happy that Guy is messing with his game and potentially with his profits. Okay. So that's the whole idea. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I don't like a lot of exposition though in my movies um christopher nolan has driven me mad over the years for with a few of those and this one has too much exposition as well there are a lot of ideas here so they're trying to explain to the audience the ideas i think have a bit more faith in your audience to get what's going on okay um especially an audience like i'm not familiar i'm not a gamer so an audience is any bit of familiarity with gaming will understand the plot points and twists um, I liked it. It's quite sweet as well, okay. which I didn't expect at all. You know, when they're not exploding cars and shooting people, it's quite charming. And is um, it is it a family film, by the way? Oh, yeah. This will this will have a wide audience. It's a 12A. So okay. that's the search you're looking at. It's in cinemas and it's directed by Sean Levy, who people will know best for um, the Night at the Museum movies, which were big family hits, of course. Um, and also has actually uh, directed quite a few episodes of Stranger Things. Um, it's I did like it. I did. Okay. But there's a whole passage as well where Taco Waititi takes down um, sequels and slags them. And it's very in on the joke. And I can guarantee you there's going to be a sequel to this if it's a hit. Okay, right. <laughs> so Obviously, This yeah. is a movie that's having um, its cake and eating. I'm just it. wondering, because it is kind of in that superhero world and it, it sounds it sounds really good, what you're describing to well, me. And it's 12A it's, and it's... it's, it's, it's I mean, it is. It would draw a superhero audience, but it's not it's really. He, yeah. you know, he doesn't have superpowers or anything. He's just trying to be self self determining, yeah. I suppose. I'm just thinking um, it could be really one to like, to bring the family to, and if we do, it'll be the first time in the, the 500 days that we've done that. And um, are people going back to the cinemas? Is the question because I, I find talking to people in the restaurant business, 
they're saying that people are reluctant about going indoors. So is is it the same in cinemas? Look, I'll put my hand up and say I, I'm immunocompromised and I'm I'm cautious, yeah. you know. I think Delta has been a real game changer for everybody. I think we all thought once we got vaccinated, um, we would be looking at a different picture. But the level of infection is probably making people cautious, you know. Okay. I think what will be really interesting for this um, is whether it'll set the US box office. Okay. Now, I'm, all bets are off because I've been saying since Tenet about a year ago now that this was going to be the movie that started recovery, you know. Right. But I have a feeling about this one. There is a, a you know, Delta is hitting America hard at the moment, especially yeah. places like Florida and Louisiana, which would have big cities and cinema audiences. So I think it'll be really interesting. Okay. This is the first film in a, an over a year now that Disney have released... Um, purely on on cinemas, right. they haven't co-released or they haven't, you know, put it on Disney Plus for a premium fee or for a non-fee or anything like that. So this is going to really test the waters exactly. in an interesting exactly. way. I watch the box office on this. Great. Um, going to try our second beer in just a moment to do a few questions for you before we go on with that. Um, yes, if somebody wants to disagree with you about the tasting, but um, I've got a beer quest. Yes, could you ask your beer guy if I was to pick a new IPA to drink this weekend, what should it be? I normally drink Lang- Languinitas. Uh, Languinitas. Chieftain, Elvis Juice, Punk IPA. So such great names. Um, <laughs> thanks, Ferguson, Cork, asking that. Yeah, well, um, uh, both Popples and Demolins have a great range of uh, IPAs. Popples have a uh, New England IPA that we'll be tasting in a minute. They also have a New England Pale Ale. So if you're looking for something that's not quite as high in strength, um, then you can go for that. Um, IPAs kind of go in steps. So you can have a Pale Ale, which is around normal strength, around the kind of 4 to 5.5% uh, mark usually. Uh, IPAs kind of 55 to 7.5%, double IPA is around 7 to, to 9 or 10% and then triple IPA goes up a little bit higher again. Um, but uh, yeah, the, um, uh, Popples and Demolins are, are superb. Yeah. Loads of Irish breweries. I, I, if, if, I, if I pick an individual Irish brewery, the other 81 will say, why didn't you pick us? There are um, amazing uh, Irish uh, IPAs out there. Well, and one just listener, Mark, on. is saying, tell the listeners that Handsome Jack IPA by the Hope Brewery in Cluster is juicy with about a million C's in there. Uh, 6.6%. <laughs> you do not taste the alcohol very well made it was our lockdown wine and beer club discovery they had a lockdown wine (laughs) good to know it is a great beer yeah Yeah, great so uh, keep it coming and I'll I'll, I'll put the the pressure on you in just a second or two but uh, Brittany Spears maybe is there kind of progress being made in relation to her dad yeah I, I think this is the most significant update in the whole conservatorship battle so basically her dad Jamie Spears has acted her as her conservator for the last 13 years and he said basically that he's willing to step down now um, once there's a plan in place um, her new lawyer I think his name is Matthew Rosengart he'd basically filed a petition to try and get him out and there was a decision due to be made next month but he's kind of getting ahead of it and saying yeah. he's kind of put it back and said that he's getting like a lot of what was the quote he said he's been the unremitting target of unjustified attacks but basically said that he doesn't believe a public battle with his daughter over his continuing service as her conservator would not be in her best interests and he said that basically he's looking for he's willing to step aside but he just wants to make sure that there's a plan in place right. for her so legally he's technically still there but definitely significant this isn't the last we'll hear of it I'm sure there's going to be steps set in motion out to actually remove him but like I'd say he's walking into you know the likes of 
Netflix deals or podcast deals or something to try and like spill the beans or something or tell his side of the story. Like he's not going anywhere, I think. And when you hear of the fact that he was paid, I was saying this to Dean before we came on air, I think it was something like he was paying himself from Britney's money like $16,000 a month to manage her affairs. It's just, he's not going to give up that money easily, I think. That doesn't sound like much. It doesn't sound like much, but... For what her account, her, you know, the amount of money she's making... Oh, but yeah, but over 13 years and then you're talking about the actual human consequence of the conservatorship. Like, she's described this as, like, totally humiliating, like, abusive. It's, I I don't know, like, some of the terms that she talked about in court when she testified were just, I think, much worse than even, yeah. like, the biggest fans would have ever have imagined. So, positive news, though, definitely. Positive news. Right. She'll still be in a conservatorship, though, won't she, even at the end of that? Yeah, and I think that's what she's, peti- she's not petitioning that she's not in a conservatorship, but she always had issues with the dad, Jamie, taking over. So. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully it's good news. God, Fingers it's crossed. so ongoing. Mm. Um, third Barrel Brewing in Dublin are the Juicy IPA uh, Kings, says one <laughs> of our There's listeners. There's going to be a fight in the text now. <laughs> there will, yeah. There's a lot of... It, it is very uh, territorial, with that, isn't it? People are... Well, yeah. Um, with, with IPAs, there's very few breweries uh, uh, of the Irish breweries that don't have an IPA. And in, in some instances, they'll have two, three, four IPAs um, of uh, different styles. So, it, like in, in the US, it's most definitely the, uh, the, the, the largest style of the craft beer style but again um, the other thing about it is that people like it's, it's worth trying lots of different IPAs because uh, American IPAs um, like we're tasting in New England IPAs so that's kind of a peachy tropical fruit uh, West Coast IPA is more citrus and pine English IPA more earthy minerally uh, so there's lots of different okay. styles out there This next one seems to be one that you're particularly excited about they have a particularly great reputation haven't they? Popples yeah, yeah absolutely superb yeah superb brewery have really really made a name for themselves in the last number of years and this is their version of a New England IPA now we're stepping up a, a step um, so the last one was 6% ABV this one's going up to 7% ABV and no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's, there's, a, there's a, a punch of flavour it's 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 a rich and velvety flavour, but what's what's lovely about it? It's an incredibly it's it's an easy drinking beer, but it's also an incredibly complex beer. Uh, so when you've got a complex beer, what you've got is lots and lots of different flavours all balanced against each other. Uh, the fruit flavours that are coming through, there's a little bit more zing in the fruitiness, um, so you get kind of a bit of orange juice, um, uh, stone fruit flavours again, more apricot and plum, um, tropical fruit flavours, and then that's balanced out with a kind of a creamy vanilla flavour and a certain amount of spice, a little bit of white pepper, black pepper, and then there's kind of almost a chilli powder finish uh, providing um, balance with it. So with all that fruit, it gives you sweetness. There's a need for something to balance that out to make it palatable, and they want to dial back on the bitterness, so they're using spice to balance it out, and have done a really good job. It's really gorgeous. You, you do notice the alcohol straight off, don't it's, you? Yeah, it's 7%. Now, it, it, it's funny. Um, some beers uh, with... Uh, some beers, they hide the alcohol an awful lot. With uh, these IPAs, they're uh, fruity and juicy, and sometimes there's a, a kind of a complementary thing with alcohol and fruit, um, where if you've got kind of uh, the types of fruits that you use in a Christmas pudding and they're really infused with alcohol, it can really kind of uh, boost up the, the alcohol character in it. But yeah, you, you notice it, but not in a way where it's it's burning or, or kind of overly It doesn't hot. seem a huge amount of extra alcohol. It's about 6.6 to 7, isn't it? 6 That's to 7, 6 yeah. to 7, so up by 1%. Yeah, the, you really notice the, 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 the norm um, for Ireland is uh, for a mainstream beer around 4.3%. So at six percent, it's almost fifty percent higher, and then seven percent, you're going up about sixty, sixty-five percent. Um, Barry is asking, where are these on sale? 
So looking at uh, good independent off-licences, so depending on where you are in the country, in, in Dublin, uh, Martins in Fairview, in uh, uh, McHugh's in Malahide, uh, Redmond's in Ranala down in Cork, um, Bradley's in North Main Street, um, uh, um, out in uh, Douglas. Um, sorry, their name has slipped my mind. It'll yeah. come back to me in a second. Um, but yeah, uh, Castle off-licence in Tralee. Uh, so yeah, just okay, the good speciality off-licence. Kinnegar, Scraggy Bay is your only man says no another one <laughs> done a great job up have you just absolutely. finished yours Fanula or have no, you I, I, was, I was waiting for the break actually excuse <laughs> you for um, a I looked at it it's like a moment Father Ted <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to Drinking work out how, how to lengthen my arms. We've got social distancing to a T here. And unfortunately, we need one of those kind of mechanical Extenders, arms. Extenders, yeah. You know, you know where he puts the white and the red down in front of Father Jackman and he turns around and both ends? <laughs> Just two bottles, one of them on oh, their yeah. side. Okay. okay, so you need a break. I'll tell you what, we go to the break. I think that sounds like Thanks, the best Tom. idea. Oh, wait, before we do that, lackadaisical movies. Uh, let me see. I was loving them and I wonder, yes. Uh, not all that fast or that furious. <laughs> the Lion King, Might Club, Finding Nemo at some stage, The Spy Who Loved Meh, <laughs> Lounging in the Rain, Driving the Lackadaisy, <laughs> The King Sleep, and The Empire Sits Down. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> we'll more after this. Sounds like work. No, tell them I'm in my chair. Yes, he's just walked in. This is unexpected. I can't believe I'm actually having lunch with spies. <laughs> I'm just a salesman. Exactly. You're a civilian, so the KGB won't be watching. It would be a real service to Great Britain. What would you want me to do? Would I be putting myself in danger? If this mission was the least bit dangerous, <laughs> you really are the last man we'd send. Make sure you wear it while you're in Moscow. What does this do? Shoot poison dart? Everyone you meet, assume they're KGB. Every Russian is an eye of the state. It will just be a career. Just a career for Russian sea. From now on, you will be selling one thing. The idea that you are an ordinary businessman and nothing more than an ordinary businessman. A little clip of The Courier with Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Buckley in cinemas this weekend as well. Esther, what did you make of this one? Yeah, go spy on the Russians, they said. It'll be grand, they said. Yes, <laughs> no, what could go wrong? It was not grand. <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong? Um, this, Yeah, this is really interesting. And actually, I did a little fact check afterwards. It's not always the case um, with movies and it doesn't always need to be the case with movies, but this is very close to real events. Um, and there's a great, great fact-checking website um, for historical accuracy in films called History versus Hollywood. Um, it also, it's not just for fact-checking, it also gives you kind of a bit more information about, you know, what, what the, the background of the story. So it's a really good one if you're interested in that. Um, so it's set in the early 60s with Benedict Cumberbatch um, playing this businessman uh, who's named Greville Wynne, who is kind of interested in getting, he's an engineer, he sells engineering products and he's already kind of um, working in several Eastern European countries with an eye as well on the Soviet market. Um, He has a friend who works in MI6 and they decide he is perfect um, for this high kind of stakes deal um, because it has implications really all the way to the the Cuban Missile Crisis um, because the intelligence body had been approached by uh, Oleg Potonsky, 
at that time, the highest ranking military officer in Russia ever to spy. Um, and he's played by a guy called Merib Ninzi. And he is basically appalled at the decision of Khrushchev um, to bring the world to the brink and to, you know, bring yeah. bring so close to to um, nuclear war. Uh, and I suppose the stakes couldn't be higher by the early 60s. The arms race had intensified. Um, both the US and Soviet Union had by then possessed weapons capable of wiping out humanity. And Khrushchev and his American partners were were, were constantly trading threats. Um, and lots of people feared. I don't know if you remember, Tom, or if you're old enough to remember, but we Hope used to have, like to do things at, at school, like where, where to hide if a nuclear bomb hit and stuff like it's mad stuff, how close the world was um, to the brink. I think, um, and maybe can't be emphasized enough, like at the, at the years, even at a good 10, 10, 15 years after the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, so he wanted to basically give MI6 information about the Soviet Union's nuclear program. And they felt that by they would increase protecting him by pretending that this businessman was, you know, looking to move into the Soviet market and that they wouldn't make that connection. Um, so that's kind of what's happening. Uh, Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch's character makes the big mistake of uh, telling his wife nothing about this. She's played by Jessie Buckley, um, our own Jessie from Killarney, and uh, she's no idea what's going on, but she knows when her man is stressed and she knows when he's sweating and she knows there's odd behaviour. And he had a, a, an affair previously in their marriage and she's convinced he's having an affair. Right. So um, it's not the only spying that's going on. Let's put it that way. Uh, and I think it's really good. This, I think it's a little bit too staged, though. You know, that kind of style of British filmmaking. Um, and it's made by a theatre director, interestingly, Dominic C- Cook, uh, primarily a theatre director, but he also directed um, Saoirse Ronan in, on Chesil Beach a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it's just a bit too staid, a bit too playing it safe a little, I think, um, because it's a waste. If you've got, you know, if you've got Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Buckley on board uh, and, and a great supporting cast, including Rachel Brosnahan, who's um, the American um, CIA person who's in, in on the act as well. Uh, I think you just need to be a little bit more adventurous in your filmmaking, I think. I do get it. This is an incredible story and I do get letting your story do the talking uh, but I would have just liked if this was a little bit more, more dynamic having said that it's very solid historical period filmmaking and the cast are brilliant Cumberbatch as always shows up in everything he does um, and it's a really interesting story as I said I think if you go into it like me not knowing the detail of this I suppose it's quite an interesting tale you know? right. I find often spy things can they go down the car kind of direction which can be very hard to follow um, so is this one where you, you know what's going on you don't have to have sub notes with it no, it's not. And I I hear you on the military. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Uh, no, this is quite straightforward. Um, but I would say if you don't know, like, don't don't go into it having looked up the story, like let yeah. it unveil uh, and surprise you if you don't know the, the shocking and historically accurate, as I say, detail um, that that emerges yeah. here. And and you mentioned Jessie Buckley as well. It's It's just absolute star quality she exudes, isn't it? Oh, I mean, I just love her. Like I've, sh- like I've, I'm a f- gone into fangirl territory at this stage, Tom. To be honest, I probably shouldn't even be allowed to review her films, but I just love her. I've loved her since Beast, um, which I think a lot of people haven't seen. It's a little independent um, 
film from a few years back that was shot in the Isle of Man. And I think actually it's on, um, or it's on shot in Jersey, actually, sorry. And I think it's on Netflix now. And I, she's kind of on my radar. And I met her for that, actually, at Dublin Film Festival. And uh, she was very excited about a film called Wild Rose at that time. And that was wonderful. If you haven't seen it, it's just a joy of a film. And she, I just think she hasn't put a foot wrong since. I think she's fabulous. Uh, she's going to be in Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut as well. All right. Uh, along with Paul Meskell, another Irish actor. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think that's going to be getting a big festival uh, world premiere this autumn. Very good. Look forward to that. And Wild Rose as well. I've never seen. So this might be the opportunity oh. to try and see if And it's, it's full streaming. of music. It's full of music, Tom. Uh, it's a, She's a country singer from Glasgow who wants to be a, a, a country star in Nashville. And she wrote a lot of the songs herself uh, for the soundtrack. So now I'm deeply envious. <laughs> <laughs> I was loving her up to that point. She's one of them, is she? There's nothing she She's can't do. She's one of those annoying people. Great. Yeah. Brilliant. We need, need more of them, all right. Um, and sound as well. Ah, stop. Uh, <laughs> a listener, Matt, says, I'm going to see Suicide Squad at 1710 tonight in Galway. Really looking forward to it. Have no concerns about COVID, etc. The screen's about 50% booked an hour ago. Plenty of social distancing in place. Would feel safer in here than packed on the street queuing or sitting outside. I think it's just a lot of people when they just look in, it just... It's been, you know, so long. There's something inside you just kind of stops you. It's almost like a confidence thing. Um, but before we carry on, I want to try and take this clip from Everybody's Talking About Jamie because it sounds uh, very interesting as well. Take a listen to this. Baby, I'm a hit. Ladies and gentlemen, Legit. would you give a warm welcome for the soon-to-be-legendary Jamie New. Me? Sorry, miss. Just daydreaming. Pretty. I've got something to show you. you got to swear not to tell anyone. Tell anyone what? I want to be a drag queen. Oh, my days. You belong in the spotlight. So, why do you want to be a drag queen? Because it's all I ever dream of. And when I close my eyes, it's all I can see. You just found yourself a mentor. Yeah, yes, please. Everybody's talking about Jamie. That is from Tell Me More, Fanula. Oh, this is going to be so good, I think. So it's coming to streaming. It's going to Amazon Prime. Um, it's basically based on the musical of the same name, won loads of awards. And basically, as you might have gleaned from the trailer there, um, tells a tale of 16-year-old who wants nothing more than to be a drag queen, kind of has to rebel against this tight-knit community, um, finds a mentor in the form of Richard E. Grant. Like, who better than Richard E. Grant to be our mentor? Um, this is going to be so good. And it's actually based on a real life documentary as well uh, Jamie Drag Queen at 16 which was directed by Jenny Popplewell this just seems so sweet and so fun and the cast seem really good I, ju- I just can't wait to watch this I wish it was coming out in cinema it would be the only thing um, and maybe it will be a dual release I don't think it is from what I can see online I think it is only going to be on Amazon but yeah definitely want to watch is it Is this being into... filmed or is this already filmed? This uh, is already filmed yes it's coming out imminently Because right, I so... believe um, Sharon Horgan's in it isn't Yes she? she's the teacher that we heard correcting Jamie there yeah. so Oh, she was also at the so centre good. of another 40 foot mystery the other day. There oh, was, really? Yes, there was filming going on around the, the 40, 40 foot. is the place to be, guys. Place to be. The place, place to, to be. be. Yeah, bring, bring your left-handed dog to the 40 <laughs> foot. That's the spot. So there was three, three days of filming and there was all talk, is it Sharon Horgan who's behind the film? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. My dog and I are sworn to secrecy. So I'm afraid <laughs> that's, that's furiously signing in, yeah, Yes, indeed. And a Home Alone reboot. 
Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about this. I think this is dividing people. So this is coming to Disney Plus on November 12th and it features Archie Yates. People will know him for, he was like the breakout star of Jojo Rabbit, which I loved. Um, he stars as Max Mercer. Um, he's left at home when his family go to Japan on holiday. And we all know how Home Alone goes. It's basically like this married couple trying to break into the gaff to get this priceless heirloom. Yeah. He has to stop them. Um, who else do we have in the cast? We have Ellie Kemper. People know her from The Office and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Rob Delaney, who will know from uh, the other thing with Sharon Horgan, Catastrophe. That's what it's called. Ashling B, Keenan Thompson. Um, Dan Mazur is directing. He did Dirty Grandpa. So could be good. Like on paper, could be good. Like there's a lot of good yeah. people and is behind and in front of the camera. Jumps out of that. Could that could that be filmed? in the modern era where you can be in touch with somebody in 10 seconds via social media we left you get on yeah, Twitter this, uh, you left me the, behind yeah this surely you'd know but I suppose yeah. that's an issue for Dan Mazur to figure out when he's <laughs> <laughs> writing it or directing it like I'm sure they'll have um, some kind of answer for that but yeah, but yeah it's uh, Home Sweet Home Alone and that's coming to Disney Plus on November 12th okay. um, listener says I've gone to the cinema every week with the kids since they opened wonderful to have them back uh, every second row is occupied support our cinemas and absolutely that and loads of love on Wild Road one of the best movies I've seen in a long time Jesse Buckley is amazing in it. it's amazing that I haven't seen it uh, Better Than A Star Is Born I was saving this one for you Dean because you know, I'm not sure how you're going to react to it uh, your beer expert is unfortunately incorrect um, about the tongue tasting map it has been disproven a long time ago so when he talks about bitterness being detected at the, ta- the back of the tongue he says it's purely psychosomatic uh, what you've got is the bitterness detectors are spread all over your tongue and also all the way down your digestive system. It is psychosomatic. You tend to attach things to places to certain parts, um, but the the system that people would have for tasting uh, beer to identify bitterness would be to hold the liquid at the back of your tongue. Um, it's where the tongue seems to be most sensitive to it, and then give the uh, tongue about ten to fifteen seconds. There are tonic receptors there that work relatively slowly to pick up the bitterness and it tends to develop over time. Uh, The same with the sides of the tongue. Uh, The tongue map the tongue map has been disproven but the way that the um, flavours are detected on the tongue does tend to work. So uh, for the size of the tongue, for sourness, um, that tends to work as well, but primarily because you release uh, saliva from underneath your tongue. I knew, you'd, Take that, I knew you'd know. I knew that. And, <laughs> Fanula, can I point out now that you do indeed have two empty glasses? I do. How was the second one? Did quite you? nice. Yeah, yeah, quite nice. I Brent. think I might have preferred number one, but it, would, it would be close. Yeah, yeah. it'd be splitting hairs. I think I did too. Up, yeah. Final lackadaisical music: Doctor Who cares, <laughs> Slouching Dragon, Sleeping Tiger, Twelve Years of Sleep, The Slob Father. <laughs> If Harry had met Sally, Sister Act 2, slack in the habit and they go on. That's it for today. Dean, Fanula, Esther at home. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks to the team here. Maurice Sullivan, Aidan McKelvey, Peter uh, Malloy on sound. Hard Shoulder is next. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.